Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome to the Don't Break the Oath podcast. Hello everybody, how the devil are you all? Ahoy. Ahoy. So, yeah, back on the rum. Back on the rum. You are, I'm not. So, uh, today is a a listener's story episode. What a cracker have we got for you today. Yep, we've got uh, alien abductions, ghost stories uh, coming up for you, so stay tuned for that. Right, first thing is just to say, as ever, please, if you can, leave a review on iTunes, no, we've said it enough times, but yeah. that goes a long, long way to open the us reviews, out. Reviews they, they help us so much. Yeah, they really do. So we got a couple of recorded uh, stories to share with you, but the first one is a story that was sent in by email. Yeah, from Randy, and Randy came to us by the way of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Uh, Jerry put out a plea and uh, yeah, Randy thank answered. You, so thank you very much, Jerry, for that. Okay, so these are, there's two stories here, and they are. Essentially, ghost stories. Yeah. Okay, so if uh, I'll just read them verbatim, and then you know we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it at the end. Okay, so the first one goes like this: My great grandfather passed away when I was only six months old. My mum and grandma always told me how happy he was to have a great grandson and how much he loved having me around. He is buried less than half a mile away from my great grandmother's house. When I was eighteen. Me and my younger brother lived with my great-grandmother for about a year. The house was old and made lots of noises. The attic was always kind of creepy, but the basement never gave me any weird feelings. So that's where I set up my bed and stuff. One night while I was asleep, I awoke. I was lying on my side and at the foot of my bed, the door, door was open to the kitchen area. I felt like someone was watching me, so I slowly turned to look. In the doorway, clear as day, was my great-grandfather. He looked to be about 25 years old. He was leaning against the doorframe and looking at me with what I believed to be the look of approval or fondness. I looked back at him for what seemed like forever but was probably only 5 seconds. And then I got spooked and turned on my stomach, covered my head with my blanket and waited a few minutes and looked again and he was gone. Well, there you go. It's usually the same case, isn't it, where they come back and they're always between what twenty? Yeah, the, the primal life. The primal yeah. life. The, you know, where the, the vest. You know, the, well, say life begins at forty. I don't think it does. I think yeah. The, well, like I say, old old people say yeah, that. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, it's always between twenty and thirty years old where they, you know, they're, they're the best times of life, I suppose. Well, I did ask Randy that, and he he said that uh, the. 
that's about the, that, that would have been the time that he met that his grandfather uh, met his grandmother. So yeah. it was like a happy time in yeah, his life. Time, so, yeah. um, you know, and again, if you, if, I don't, but you know, why spirits can come back at what age they. Again, you know, this is just a, you know, your body you've got now is uh, it's just as it, you know dies. You, the will you doesn't you go on and you go into another body. Um, again, who wants to go in a, in a spirit world as a ninety-five year old codger? Well, indeed, you know, yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. You're not mobile. You know, twenty twenty-five, you you know you you fit as anything. So fit I mean, I saw my dad uh, full on in the bedroom, and uh, my dad died. Was just about 46, 47 my dad died. Uh, but when I saw him, he was between 20 and 25. Mm. Young. He was like a hippie. You know, them 70s, mm. you know, with their hair down and that. And, and the full of life. Yeah. Again, I think it's uh, because that's the time, the best time he enjoyed in that lifetime. You know, that, that age, that that fitness. Mm. Right, well, story two is a little bit more, a uh, bit of a sadder story, really. But I'll give you again that for a bit, and then yeah. we'll, we can talk about okay. that in the end, okay? My mother was killed by a hit-and-run drunk driver when I when she was out walking the dog very late at night. I was only 26 year old. The driver was actually somebody my brother and I had gone to school with. I was out of town when I got the call early that morning and I came home to be with a family most of the time and for the few weeks after was a blur. However, one thing I remember perfectly I can't be sure if it was the same night I found out or the next night, but I had a dream, the most lifelike I've ever had. My mother came to me and showed me the night she was hit. I saw it from two perspectives. One from inside the car as if I was sitting in the passenger seat, and the other through her own eyes. I saw through her eyes, but they seemed to be barely open. She always had trouble sleeping and I believe that she was too tired to be out safely walking the dog. Okay. I could see that she was standing further into the road than she should have been. I could see her dog and then it switched to inside the car. He was cruising down the road listening to music, not really paying attention. I couldn't see down the road to see her but out of the window I could tell it was the same road in my hometown where it actually happened. Then I see him take his eyes off the road to look at the radio or something in the cup holder. He was swerving and looking away, way longer than he should have been. The view then switched again, back to my mum's view. She was looking down, not really walking, her dog was barking as if to warn her to get off the road. Yeah, obviously the dog was dogging yep. She turned around to look where the dog was barking, but all she could see was headlights. Then, in my dream, everything just stopped, and all I could see was white. Then she began talking to me. Even though I couldn't see her, she wanted, to, she wanted me to know what really happened. How they were both at fault. She didn't want me to spend my life angry and hating him for what he did. He had made a mistake. He was into drinking and drugs. She told me that when he got out of jail, he would turn his life around and be a way better father to his kids. She said she was making a sacrifice and if that, what, if that was to be what come out of it, then she was happy. She really was that kind of person. After that I woke up. Immediately I felt half the anger I had before the dream. I was able to forgive him for the initial accident, although not for running and leaving her alone afterward. 
He's been out of prison now for almost two years, and from what I can tell from random social media posts that I ran to about him, her prediction was true. He has his life together and is doing well. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's some people come back because obviously the, the the children are can't you know it's affecting them that much and it, it spoils bits you know it's uh, the lives you know, yeah, devastated. It's, so it's, I think they try and come back and say, "Look, you know, I'm here. I'm okay. I'm, I'm safe. Fine, I'm safe. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay." Um, you so know, it gives you sort of closure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, again, I, I mean, um, it's, it's. I mean, I've seen a couple of animals, you know, get hurt on the road and killed on the road. And it's well, family member. It must be horrendous. Absolutely, it must be yeah. horrendous. Can only imagine. Yeah. I can't really want to imagine that, but. Uh, Again, you know, they, they they do try. I say they do try and come back and try and console the, the children or the the family members and say, oh, "Look, I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm here. I'm okay." Mm. And, I mean, uh, like, I say, what is good is that it's a tragic story, but at least it's got that. Um, it has got that because, like most people, if something like that happens, they never get answers and all the rest of yeah. it. It was able. Randy was able to see from both perspectives yeah. to see what actually happened that yeah. night and get the closure from that. Um, Absolutely, man. you know, which is. You know, fantastic yeah. in a way, isn't it? Yeah. So, it's great. Uh, yep. So, thank you for those stories. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and if anyone else wants to share a story, yeah, please. please you know, if you've got any stories out there, you know, you've got any stories, and you'd love to say, oh, oh I'd love to tell somebody. Yeah, just get in touch with me and Lee. You know, we'll give you a little podium, won't we? Lee? Absolutely. Yeah. Speak, and if not, if you, we'll just send it in by email, and me and Lee will will read it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, okay. So next, we've got. George, and this is an interview with uh, George. Yeah, he's brilliant. Okay. You, love, you like George. AKA Victor. Yeah, yeah, George slash Victor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, he had some problems uh, when he signed back into Facebook. He had to make yeah. a new account. Uh, so, he used his second name, which is George. So, his actual first name is Victor. So, it, it's an alien abduction story. Okay. It's got parallels to the Dale Harder uh, story, yeah, we, which we, we we sent in the Dale's you know um, some details because I think it's, it's it's on the same wavelength. It's very it's very much same, so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if those who haven't listened to that already, it was the I think it was called Interview of an Alien. That's right. Uh, yeah. The Dale, Dale Harder yeah. one. We've had him on after that, but the yeah. the, the first one was that. Um, so yeah, Joe George comes on to tell us that, and he also sent us because um, he did some hypnosis um, regression, wasn't it? Regression, regression channeling, channeling, yeah. channeling regression, yeah. And he's actually sent us a clip of that. Uh, well, I say a clip; it's forty minutes long. It's the actual full session uh, where he got answers to what had been going on. Yeah, uh, and it's it's quite intriguing and quite a good listen actually. But what we're going to do, we're going to put that on Patreon. So if you go to Patreon, I think it's forward slash Don't Break the Oath podcast, you'll be able to find that. If you just go on Patreon and type Don't Break the Oath podcast, you'll be able to find it. It is, it is up there and it's free. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't already, if you don't pay for Patreon, you can go up in there and listen to this. So that's not a problem. Uh, so we'll play the interview with George now. Yep. Uh, like I say, the, the channeling's up on there if you want to go listen to that. Not a problem. Um, right, we'll play this and then... Uh, Here comes George. From South Africa. Yeah. Do. What's the um, so I suppose before we get into your story, which is obviously uh, an alien, uh, do you call it alien abduction? Is that what you call it? Yeah, I think we can probably call it alien abduction because I mean, the, 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 that's what happened, you know. I mean, yeah. I was taken by from my home on onto the ships, and then the last time I then uh, was totally awake, you know, they left me awake, and I, I can recall the entire thing what happened, you know. Yeah, right, well, that, okay, yeah. that's 
you know that seems to happen uh, you know if you've had more than one experience then generally they start to be a little more comfortable around you it seems doesn't it yes um, quite so yes is that your feelings as well so before we get into mm. your story then i just wanted to get a general overview of south africa um the you know the what the relationship between South Africa and the paranormal is, because obviously you've got the, um, you know, the African uh, culture there yeah. as well. So, um, you know, when they're, you know, mysticism and all the rest of it. So where do most people stand on these subjects? Um, you know what? Lately, you know, of late, um, the um, paranormal um, subject, you know, is, is very, very common. Really, it is much more common than what people actually think. And uh, it's not that strange, you know, for people to start speaking about their paranormal experience, um, especially alien, you know, experiences as such. So it's it's not uh, that un- uncommon. Among the African tribe, you know, we've got that uh, Kredu, um, you know, uh, person. I don't know if you know of him. He's, he's got a big... Um, you know, a uh, thing on the internet and YouTube about the um, uh, alien life, you know, with the um, uh, 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 black people as such, you know, oh, with, yes. with the African people, yeah, rather, cre- rather uh, cre- African people. Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah, 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 friend of David. That, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Now, now I, I've quite extensively listened to, to his uh, uh, um, stuff, and uh, you know what happened when, when I listened to his stuff? Uh, I recalled of my own experience, you know, a, a lot of things uh, that, that happened as well. Okay, so almost like it unlocked a few memories. Yes, yes, I unlocked a few memories. Also, what happened was uh, a few years ago, you know, when I really started remembering things, I got a guy from America, uh, Rob Garthier. And uh, he's a channeler, you know. And then he did me a channeling session. Now, that was very interesting. I've actually got an audio of it if you want it. Yeah, I've yeah. actually prepared it as often, and I'll send it to you. And what happened was um, I then asked him the question, you know, uh, was I abducted and stuff, uh, apart from the fact, you know, that, that I started getting uh, conscious, you know, about this whole thing. But let me tell you one thing. When he started answering my <laughs> Um, questions which I haven't asked and when he started explaining in detail of things that I've never said to people I mean that was just fascinating you know and uh, that was just a a very final confirmation of the experience that I had you know was true I've got no doubt in in my mind you know that that, that it didn't happen Um, so that's very interesting the the other interesting thing with me as well is that um, from the age of two years old I've got exceptional retentive memory, you know. Um, my parents were always shocked if I spoke about things, you know, about childhood, and they said, you couldn't have remembered that, you know, you were too small, and, and, I, and I did. Now, when, when I was two years old, you know, I would tell everybody I'm from the stars, you know, my uh, Irish grandmother, and then she would say, you know, little Vic, where are you from? And I would say, oh, no, I'm from the stars, you know, and everybody would laugh, and, and, and I was two years old with a very, very cognitive, you know, about what, about my, where I am and who I am. And I would think to myself, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Why are they laughing, you know? Um, and, and so on. And the, the other thing is I, I never, and, and still today, um, I've never really felt part of the human race. You know, I, I'm one of those people, there's the humans and <laughs> yeah, I'm I, you know? <laughs> So uh, it's yeah. very, very interesting, you know. Yes, yes. From childhood, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've, after, yeah, I, 
I'm a psychic as well, so I mean, I had a load of stuff yeah. happening as a child, and you don't you don't seem mm. to fit in. You don't seem to, you know, you don't want to go out and play. You don't want to do this. You don't want to, you know, do what the usual children do. You just want to stay away. You know, it's, it's, yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mean, it's, it's and 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 I was telling you what what happened. You know, uh, to me that really. Um, you know, opened my my final memory is that uh, I was one day listening to uh, David uh, uh, David Wilcock. Yeah, David. You Wilcock. know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, um, uh, um, you, I, I was listening to him, and David Wilcock spoke about um, you know uh, the the mass abductions. You know, where they would abduct people. You know, mass, and this is what happened to me. And I mean, yeah, I was listening to the the detail. That he was giving, you know, about how it works and what happens and stuff like that, and and he was telling my story. <laughs> it, it was my story. It was exactly what happened to me to to us, you know. Yeah. And then Crater uh, also speaks about that, you know, about about the mass abductions and and stuff like that. Now, I never had a bad experience, you know, with the uh, with 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 my taking away. I, I it was between the, between the ages of. Two and five, I, although I think rather was maybe two and six, you know, around about there. And the very last time that they took me, I was completely conscious, one hundred percent conscious. I I, uh, I saw everything. I saw the ship. I uh, they spoke to me and and whatever. And and we we can go into that detail, you know, yeah. if, if you want to. Absolutely. And and with you know, yeah, and with listening to to to, to David Wilcock that spoke my story. And you know, with uh, doing the uh, the uh, channeling with uh, with Rob and 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 Tribble Nithier, I mean, uh, um, <laughs> giving me information that I've never spoken about anybody. You know, I've never said to anybody about about it. And and boom, it just it just opened up everything. You know, it was just just so amazing. And um, lately, I've also had um, a, a visitations so personally. I think it's it's my star family. You know, this, yeah. this is what I. Uh, so now that's very interesting. This has has happened to me the past four months, and 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 that's that's also a very interesting story. So guide me. Well, what well, what do you want to want to want to say? You, you've well, got an overview of, of the situation now. Indeed. Yeah. Let's uh, let's start with the very first time you you recall this yeah. happening to you. I, I mean, is this was. I mean, is this a conscious memory? Has this always been a conscious memory, or is this something yeah. that came back to you later on in life? It, 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 it's it's a combination. It, yeah. it was a conscious memory, and then later on in life, you know, listening to certain things, it just like popped over, you know, and, yeah. and wow, yes, you know. And then I started remembering uh, uh, the finer details, you know, the, the yeah. finer details. Okay, yeah. so, let's, so let's start at the beginning then. When, when did this first take place? Yeah, right, um... We uh, uh, lived in, in Johannesburg in a suburb called Brixton. I know there's a Brixton in in, in America, uh, in in UK as well. Yeah, and, uh, yeah Brixton. Yeah, we, I, I grew up in, in South Africa, Johannesburg, Brixton. And um, what would happen is um, this is the, the the first memories I've I've got, you know, of of, of this. Then what happened was I then um, this this was my first memories. I would lay in bed. And then um, I would hear this sound that, that sounded like like that, you know. And then um, uh, I saw these small little beans. They had elongated faces and, and um, 
elongated, um, you know, oval, oval, um, what do you call it, bodies and, and stuff like that, you know. And uh, it was like a band. The one was playing drums. I think this is how I, I mean, I, I was I was very young, you know, I'm three years old. I, I think if, if I look back today, this is the only thing that I could identify with, you know. But then um, I was then gone and then, then came back, you know. Now the very last time that 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 thing happened was, um, uh, um, and the funny thing happened now. There's something that just came off now. I think there's somebody present with me. Okay, nevertheless, um, then the very very last time what happened was I was fully conscious, and that was also the last time that, that they took me. I was around about five, maybe six years old. I remember um, I went to a field. You know, with grass and stuff. It was nighttime. However, the place was lit. Um, it was a, a typical um, space um, spacecraft. You know, alien craft. You know, it was a disc shape, silver, um, and it and it, it had its a stand. You know, it was on a stand like a tube. Um, I saw the craft from outside. Uh, it was very beautiful, and it was all. And there was a lot of people. It wasn't just me. There was a lot of people. And all of them were not conscious. That day, I was conscious. So I witnessed this this whole thing. Then what happened was um, I then climbed into to the craft, and uh, there was like a like a bed kind of thing there. And then there were these three alien beings. It, it they were grayish beings. And uh, when you listen to the audio, uh, exactly what Treb had described, this is how they looked. It wasn't the typical with the oval shape, you know, um, eyes. It, it was uh, more human-like eyes, uh, but, but, but they were black. Yep. And uh, what happened was there, there was like a round seat, you know, because it, it was a round place. And, and there were people sitting all over there, rather young people. There were a lot of young people. But the one specific lady... Um, that as I came in, that was to my left, there was a woman there. She was around about 20 years old, and she had a blue floral dress on. And I remember feeling so sorry for her because she was not conscious, you know. Yeah. Um, we were never hurt. Uh, uh, I never picked up once that, that we were probed or, or anything like that. And in the channeling, it came out that they only took skin samples. And then these three beings, you know, called me and I was, you know, standing in front of them with this a table kind of thing in, in front of me and they were standing behind it. And then they, they, they spoke to me in a very loving and a very caring way. And then I remember, you know, uh, uh, getting out of the craft and then I basically woke up. And that was the, 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 the very, uh, the, that was the very last time that, that had happened. After that, um, I, I've never had that, you know, experience of them, you know, basically taking me probably into another dimension, you know, the, this is obviously what they do. And um, so I've never had that. I never had that woof, 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 that sound, you know, that I made, that, that, that I experienced beforehand. Yet I was visited um, by them, you know, uh, um, in my teen years. I did call, uh, call upon them. And um, um, I've had an... Uh, uh, a connection with them uh, in, in my dream state and so on, but, but never a physical, um, you know, a connection again. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> that that was the first time. Mm. So, <clears throat> did they um, uh, did they speak to you uh, physically, or did they speak to you mentally? 
you know, when... Yeah, I mean, did they speak to you at, uh, on the first occasion? Did they speak yeah. to you at all? Uh, well, you, you must remember, I then realized, you know, that, that I was always basically in, in a subconscious, you know, yeah, unconscious yeah. state. Yeah. But, but that time I was fully, fully conscious, you know, but as in fully conscious. And also, strangely enough, I had a very mature, um, way of thinking, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like, like, like a six year old child. I rather felt an adult, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and basically equal to them. And, um, I can't really remember the, the message that they gave me, but they, they did send me away with a lot of love and caring and, and, and stuff like that, you know, um, so but it, it was all a mental, mental communication. Yeah. In, in total, how many times have you been aboard a craft? I mean, is, is it, well, because uh, this this occasion seemed to be like it was outside the craft almost. So, it, it, well, well, basically, I, I I was conscious from outside the craft and then inside the craft, you know, okay. and then I I remember coming up. Uh, this this incidences happened quite a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. That uh, in the beginning I was very fearful, you know, because what would happen, and that I also remember very clearly, is that um, you know certain nights, you know, when I fell asleep when I when I heard the sound uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know the, that is every time that they came and picked me up and 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 at one stage it was very frequent you know it, it was very very frequent um you know um obviously I, I didn't speak to anybody about it you know you were a child you know you know children don't speak about these incidences and stuff like that with me it was exactly the same and and many times I I, I would be afraid to go and sleep, you know, because of this, you know. But then after that very conscious um, experience, it never happened again. Ne- never, ever, ever. Okay. So, um, yeah. do you just want to talk us through the, the the next time or the, you know... Or the, yeah, you know. okay, well, basically the... Uh, okay, this happened now the, the past four months. Okay. Um, uh, it, it, it happened three times. So basically what happened was I started, I started calling out for my, um, extraterrestrial family, uh, you know, b- because I must honestly say as, uh, well, what's the other person's name? Lee and uh, Andy. Uh, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as, as you've said the same thing, you know, you've always felt distant, you know, from human race and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, myself. So, 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 so what happened was, uh, I do definitely, uh, um, uh, 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 realize. The other thing I also realized from a very, very early age, uh, is that, uh, that, uh, about reincarnation. I knew that, that, that I've been here a few times before, but I also knew that, uh, that I was not from here. So what, what happened was, um, I consciously started calling out, you know, and I said to my family, I said, Hey guys, listen, you know, we, we're going through, the crap on this planet, you know, and, yeah. and, and be sitting with this body, which is, you know, deteriorating and back problems and stuff like that. You know, I tell you what, just, just be nice and just come and say fucking hi, you know, so, so that was it. So, 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 so what happened was that this is an extremely interesting uh, thing. So one night, uh, one morning, uh, about between two and three, I, uh, sort of woke up, you know, you, you, you sort of, um, you know, you, you wake up with this, with this jolt, you know, and, um, you, you know, when you're in, 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 in that stage, you know, where you're not quite awake, but you're not 
but but you're not asleep, you know, the, 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 that moment there. Yep. Uh, I opened my eyes, and, and these three tallish beings were, were right next to me. It was, uh, it was two males and a female. Uh, they probably were about six feet tall. They had, like, silver clothes on, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and as I looked, you know, they, they, they disappeared. And I said, oh, wow, 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 this, this is now very nice. So I went back to sleep. The next morning, <laughs> I pick up my phone, my, my, my cell phone, which is next to my bed, because I use it as an alarm clock, because um, the electricity goes off, you know, just as, when, and however, you know. Uh, welcome to the new South Africa, you know. So you, you cannot, you no, know, honestly, you, you cannot rely on, on, on an electrical clock uh, we've done that, and, and we've had failures with it because the, 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 the electricity just goes off, you know, like two in the morning and six at night, and it stays off sometimes for a day, sometimes two days. I mean, we've got a gas stove and we've got some solar panel lights, you know, to, to keep us going. So so what what we then do, you know, is I then took my cell phone, I plug it in, and then at least the cell phone, you know, alarm uh, uh, wakes us up, you see. So, so the next morning, I think it was a Friday night, um, I'm not sure, uh, but any case... The next morning, I pick up my phone, and all my icons are different. Somebody tampered with my phone. My icons were gone, and they were shuffled around, and and I thought, gee, you know, what's this, you know? So I'm very, you know, grumpy and abrupt about this. Now I fixed everything up, and I, uh, you know, and my wife says, you know, I said, no, some, I don't know what's happened with my phone. I then thought, you know, my, my phone went into some funny mode, you know, and... Um, you know, they got all scrambled up, you know, all the icons. But, but nevertheless, uh, um, later on the day, I, I then put on my computer, you know. Now, I, I only run a Linux system, you know. I've been running Linux for, for, for 12 years, you know. And um, so I'm battling putting the computer on and uh, something happened, you know. And, it, and I thought, well, this is strange. I thought, oh, the hard drive is going. And I reboot it again and uh, it reboots up. Guess what? My icons are different. <laughs> My icons are different. And it's not, you know, you know, sometimes you, you, you get a function where you right click and say, you know, put everything out alphabetically or put everything, you know, in, 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 in size order. You know, you, you get these functions. It wasn't that. Some icons were just on another uh, place and some were gone. Others were added in, you know, I, I had a completely different desktop. <laughs> the, the, the morning after, and that has now happened three times. In the past four months, uh, the the other time was now about three, 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 four days ago in in this year. I think they said Happy New Year. Picked up my phone, and uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, the items were different. So I said, Ah, how's it, guys? You know, thanks for the visit. And then uh, <laughs> again, one or two icons, you know, had, had changed on my desktop, you know. So I th I think they 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 know Linux quite well. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you get the? I mean. Yeah. It's, I mean, we could speculate all day about as to why that, that would be happening, I suppose. But, I mean, do you, do you have any inclination as to why you think they're doing that? I just think it's to, to basically say hello, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like uh, a little subtle, um, you know, a little subtle thing that you would notice and nobody else would. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, then uh, um, just... Just before these incidences, you know, the, these three incidences, about uh, probably prior to that, maybe five or six months. Uh, now uh, we we live outside of town, a uh, uh, town. I live now live in a town called Zanin, 
and uh, it's it's called it means fruit basket. So we what's in an area called the Lowfield. So we've got bananas growing here, and uh, you know um, oranges and lychees and and uh, you know all the all the tropical kind of fruit. You know yeah. because we we much lower we uh, so nevertheless. Uh, and it's, it's very hot here, you know, I mean, it's, you know, this is Africa, I mean, it gets like 32 degrees, sometimes at night, you know, we've got 26 degrees, you know, and then what I would do is I would go outside, you know, I love looking at the stars, you know, because obviously I'm from there, you see, so uh, I'm standing out there, and, and, and I would I look at the sky, and I would say, hasn't guys, you know, just, just so show me something, you know, do like a fly past or something, you know, and I would chuckle, and the least, but one night, um, I, 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 so I was sort of called outside, you know, I had this thing, and I must go outside, you know, and I went outside, it's pitch dark, you know, and uh, I was looking at the stars, and this was faint little dot in the sky, suddenly grew to the size of about a, a, a chicken egg, you know, mm-hmm. bright, and it moved, you know, from one space, you know, from, from uh, about, well, from where I was standing, probably about a meter and a half, in like a point something second, you know, to, 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 to the next spot, and then it, it became smaller again, and, and there was a tiny little dot, and, and that dot wasn't there anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was very interesting. And then, and then after that, you know, I then, I then had these incidences, which I, I said to you about. So, uh, you know, about changing my icons on my phone and my uh, computer, this has now happened three times. <laughs> mm. So, is anybody else in your family affected by this? Because, you know, occasionally this does go through generations. Um, well, you know, both my wife and I, you know, we, we're on the same wavelength, you know, um, uh, about, you know, spaceship aliens. Uh, uh, she's a reader. I, I'm a reader. You know, we're very highly intuitive and stuff like that. Um, uh I don't know if, if, if they've been, been affected about it, although I do share my, 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 my stories with them, you know, as such. Um, I, I may, maybe uh, my wife has had her own, you know, things that's happened to her, which she hasn't said, but no, no not specifically at, at this day and age. I wouldn't say that they, they, that affected, but I am most certainly, you know, very conscious of, of, of the contact. Mm. These, uh, <clears throat> these visitors, you, you know, you, you said, you know, appear to you. Uh, the two males and a female. So you said it was six feet tall. Did he have a um, what did it facial? You know what? That you said you had, they had a silver suit on. But did, could you see the facial? Uh, uh, you know, and... yes, I could. Um, it, it was human-like, but very. Um, you know, uh, um, it it wasn't like the grey aliens. You know, it, it was very human-like. Yeah. Um, they had no beards. You know, or the, the the two men had no beards. Maybe a little bit sharper in the images. Uh, very typical to what people have drawn, you know, maybe the, the Arcturians or Palladians, uh, something like that. Pleiadians, yeah. Victorians, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were definitely, um, you know, uh, uh, human-like. Yeah. And uh, 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 they, well, I, I, I think what, what happens is that they probably, in a higher frequency, you know, they probably have to lower their, their frequency, you know, uh, to, to basically appear. But they definitely appeared as physical beings, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, in front of me, yeah. Mm. So, <clears throat> as far as agenda goes, where are you at with that? You know, why do you think this is happening? 
You know, personally, um, I think it's to basically give me courage to say, hey, listen, yeah, you know, just just do what you're doing. You're not alone. Um, we understand your situation. You know, you're only here for a while. Uh, you're here for the awakening. And, uh, you know, talk about this, these things, you know. Um, I, I, I do not care, you know, who listens to my story. I tell my story. People sometimes think I'm nuts, obviously, you know. But but uh, uh, I don't care. Uh, I don't care. Uh, I don't care to tell people, hey, you listen, you know, I've, I've been aboard, you know, the, the UFOs, the uh, uh, the spaceships, and, uh, and you know, the, the, this one happened, yeah. Um, uh, I don't care who listens to it. And, and I think, you know, this is basically a message I also have to share. But I think you know these last visitations. I honestly feel it's 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 my um, space family. You know, yeah. I honestly think it's it's my space family. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, the, well, I'm with you all the way on that because I believe in this stuff. Anyway, yeah. I, I think the I go along with uh, Delores Cannon. Uh, I love her people as well. But they they call them they call them the waves. You've got the sixties, the seventies, the eighties. Certain waves come in a certain generation you know, every ten years. A certain yeah. wave comes in. Space family. They're here for a certain reason. To do, you know, yeah. to do a certain job, you only here for, no, yeah. not not too long. Yeah, well, you know, well, you know but I, I'm a 60s generation. I was born 65. Yeah, you know, so, so am I. I was born in 66, <laughs> so I'm a 60s wife. <laughs> yeah, a, a 60s wife. Yes, yes, yeah. quite so. And and I think our, our 60s wife, well, well, my wife as well. You know, I, I think I think we've awoken now. And I, I, personally, I think that we are here to. Um, assist the, the, the new generation, yeah. you know, because I must honestly say, you know, since my awakening, you know, we've had a, uh, I've had a very big, uh, we, you know, had a very, very big spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, where we started listening to, to, for us, you know, conversations with God, uh, we, we listened to Cryon a lot, I really like him, I listened to David Icke, and you know, these kind of people, David Wilcock, and, and, uh, and you know, these, these things just started making sense, and since, since we've been doing that, you know, you know, I must honestly say, not that I was really judgmental and stuff like that, but you know, we, we've got no prejudice anymore, you know. Um, however, I must honestly say, uh, from a personal point of view, I've really reached a, a great uh, frustration in, in, in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. I am just so sure, knowing who I am and, and stuff like that, and I'm basically sick and tired of that. And I think this is why I'm, I'm getting these visitations to say, hey, listen, we yeah, um, um, I do feel their presence, you know, yep. and, um, and I'm not talking about my higher self presence. That, that I also feel all the angel presence, you know, which 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 is different. Uh, this is a definite, you know, a family extraterrestrial presence, you know, which 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 I, I sometimes feel. Yeah. Okay, I'm just interested whether. In you know, obviously, as this has gone on, you've got more familiar, and they've got more familiar with you, and and so you've got become basically conscious recall. But uh, was there any stage where you felt fear? That I felt what? Fear, afraid, afraid. Yeah. Uh, afraid. Oh, afraid. Uh, as a child, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. As a child, uh, uh, at one stage, I, I was very. Uh, afraid, you know, and 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 maybe uh, I, I, you know, if, if I recall, that's amazing how one's brains works, you know. What I uh, uh, think also, why they kept me conscious the last time was to say, "Hey, listen, buddy, we didn't hurt you, you know. We got to help you. We got to help your race, and and uh, you know, we've got a great interest in you, you know." And because after that, 
I wasn't afraid anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the other but, thing... but, but as a child, most definitely I was afraid. I was very, very afraid. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I was. So, two more questions from me. I've got. So, basically, obviously, with the conscious recall that you've had just uh, recently, I mean, did, did you get to see the inside of the craft? I mean, did, it, did they keep you yes. in one particular room or did they let you wander about or. No, no. What they did is they just kept me in, in the room where, where, where everybody was sitting. So what, what okay. was happening, you know, it, it was round and, and there was a seat, you know, well made out of metal. And then, um, you know, I, I had this lady right next to me, you know, as I came in on, on my left, uh, as I say, she, she, she was in her twenties and I clearly remember her blue floral dress. And then the rest were all just children. But uh, uh, there the were children inside, and the others were waiting outside. And I was conscious about the whole lot. There, were, there was quite a lot, you know. That they, they, they would bring in as many as what they could fit in, and then you know enhance them whatever they did. And then they would take them out and bring the next lot in, and then they, you know, they would send us home again, you know, with whatever dimensional stuff they did. But yes, I was inside the, the craft. I remember getting into the craft. Uh, seeing them, but I was only in one room, you know, okay. with these three um, uh, uh, grey beans. But they were they had human features and human eyes, but they were black and just a little bit bigger, you know. Mm. They, they weren't scary, but very loving and so on. And I do remember getting out again, you know, and um, then waking up. And, and that was most definitely the last time. And after that, I also had no more fear. Okay, so do you get, I mean, the greys, the you know, Nordics, Palladians, whatever you want to call them. Do, yeah. do you get the feeling that they're working together in this, or...? Um, are, are you talking about the second people that, 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 that came to visit me? Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the, like... The second people, the Palladian-type people, you, you think... No, 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 no. They're no. your family, no. so you, you get the impression that... I just think they're family, yeah, I just think they are family. I do not think that they uh, they they worked with those uh, initially grey hybrid uh, um, okay. Uh, people. Okay, mm. that's interesting. Because usually the greys are just kind yeah. of like robots, aren't they? They just mm. kind of. Yeah, these weren't robot-like, and uh, no, I, I didn't pick that up. They, they had a lot of feeling, a lot of loving. Uh, I, I think that they were really a a a, a hybrid race. It wasn't yeah. these greys. That, that, that they commonly talk about with, with the oval eyes. And yeah, yes, and them, I would believe that, that they're rather more robotish, you know, um, you know, cyborg kind of things. Okay. Uh, but the, the ones that, that, that uh, came and took us uh, wasn't. No. Okay, I'm just interested in the de- denomination of, or the, the makeup of the group of people that was there. I mean, um, obviously you mentioned that you was adult, uh, the female was adult, and then the rest of children. But what was the... Uh, you know, the makeup of the, you know, races and gender, uh, you know, uh, was it an uh, equal amount of each or? I, I would say it was basically about an equal amount of each. Rather small children, you know, um, mm. most of them were like my age, you know, six to eight, you know, around about there. Um, and then there were a few adults, you know, like that one woman in, uh, which I uh, picked up was also a South African woman, you yeah, know, a yeah. South African woman. Uh, uh, she she was like like in her twenties, nineteen twenty. Uh, but but there wasn't much of them. It was rather you know from very early age two to maybe eight years around about there. Uh, the races, um, are, but I, I, I'm I'm not sure. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> South Africa those years, you know, was much different to now. You know, and and we never really mixed with any other races. You know, so. Uh, to me, they they were basically white. I, I cannot recall seeing a 
a non-European, you know, uh, um, child there. So, uh, yeah. China, I cannot do. I, I do in my mind's eye. I still see the whole group of children, you know, um, mm. and, and and a few adults. Yeah. You think these 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 are the children that were aboard that craft? Do you think you've possibly met them in later life? Do you think that they live around you, or do you think they was from all over the world? Uh I'm not, you know what, I, I must honestly say, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, um, yeah. I, I do think that, that they could have been from, from all over the world. However, that one woman, uh, I did, when I saw her, I, I picked up, she, she was also a, a South African girl, you know, yeah. But, but the rest, uh, more than likely now that you mention it, I, I rather think it was rather um, uh, international. It was rather all from the world. I, I doubt, I, I don't think that they were all, all, all just a South African kids, you know. No. no. So that, that's a very interesting question. But, yeah, my answer is I would rather say that they were rather from, from all over the world. Okay, cool. Yep. So um, why do you think it was in the ship for? Why why, why, why was you all gathered inside the ship? You know, do you... Do you... But basically, yeah, uh, basically um, what happened was they basically um, enhanced us. You know, as I said, I've been psychic since I can physically remember, you know. I mean, I can tell you things as a child uh, that, that happened to me and things that were shown to me, you know, like like the death of my father, um, like accidents which was going to happen and stuff like that. Even, uh, what, prem- you know... Premonitions? Uh, um, yes, okay. yes. I just knew things in advance. And, and I must honestly say, you know, um, I come out of the generation, you know, where we were... Um, did national service, you know, I don't know if you know South African history, and, and you know, all white men uh, did military training, and, and for many years we had a war in, in, in Angola, you know, uh, it's, it's all, all in, you know, you can just go and search it, the uh, South African Defense Force war in, in Angola, I, I was part of that as well, and uh, um, I must honestly say uh, my, my intuition had saved us m- many times, um, you know, at least on four occasions that, that, that I can recall, you know, um, which was quite, quite amazing stories that, you know, I, I was asleep at one stage and then I was woken by this being and, and said to me, hey, listen, you know, this and this is going to happen, you know, get ready now. And, uh, and, and it happened just, just, just like that, <laughs> you know. And so, so, and, and, and as I say, I mean, uh, I've been psychic since, since I can remember and my feeling uh, is that these beings most certainly enhanced, um, you know, this uh, psychic uh, ability, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the uh, that crops up a lot, doesn't it? Where you, these people uh, like yourself get that, don't they? They get that that, that empathy and, the, yeah. and all that sort of yeah. comes through. So I mean, yes, you know, it's almost like we're being switched on again. You know, whether we've been switched off in the past, I don't know. But well, but basically, at the moment, uh, most of, most of uh, the mass of mankind is asleep. You know, mm. we're just not. Switched yeah, well, well, quite. Yeah. You know, we're just not yes. switched on. So it's about time we flip the switch. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, quite so. Yeah, but uh, I can uh, say definitely um, agree with everything he says because I believe in this anyway. So, mm. <laughs> well, it sounds a fantastic story. Fantastic. Uh, you know, oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, and don't worry about uh, people calling you nuts because you know, because you know, just keep on as you are. Keep drilling it out there, and you know, um, to everybody. It's, uh, you, know. you know, it's 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 it's, it's a question of. Uh, I don't doubt myself. I mean, I 
I knew it happened. I mean, I know it. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's no, you know, there's no reason for me to, to think it didn't happen. It's, it's not a psychological thing. It's not a whatever. Uh, it, it honestly happened. I, I had an extraterrestrial contact. I mean, from, from when I can remember. I mean, two years old. Where are you from, little Vic? Oh, I'm from the stars, you know. And, and they would have such a good chuckle. And, 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 and at two years, you know, old, I would think, I thought to myself, What's the story? You know, what's so funny about it? I mean, yeah. I'm from the stars. I mean, <laughs> where, where else do you come from? You know, yeah. most not, not planet Earth, you know, I, I'm from the stars. So I, I, I've had this, this connection. More than likely, I, I do think um, that, that I'm rather a soul, you know, with a, uh, a, a, a Earth incarnation, you know, but not, not an Earthling as such. I, I've had, uh, uh, um, some incarnations, yeah, which which I do recall, make make no mistake. You know, um, uh, 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 most definitely recall. I I had a, a session. You know, being being in the war, I picked up post traumatic stress disorder, mm. and then I got another American, and he did like a tapping session with me, uh, and he cured me in ten minutes. At ten minutes, he cured me from twenty seven years of post traumatic stress disorder. A very awakened man. And what came out during the, the, the tapping session is myself being a 12-year-old girl in a hull of one of these old ships. And I hated those sh- I still hate those ships. Uh, I wouldn't put my foot on them. You know, these old ships, you know, of the 1800s, 1600s, yeah. you know. And, um, and, and, and the ship was busy singing and, and it was nighttime. I mean, this thing got recalled in, in a past life regression, you know. So th- th- that was really interesting, you know. And I mean, I saw the whole incident clearly, bang, you know. And then when I dealt with it, I'm finished. I mean, I, I've got no post-traumatic stress disorder whatsoever. Nothing. Mm. You know? But I do, I do rather feel more um, uh, non-Earth, you know, alien. I definitely feel more, more alien. I'm rather, I'm much more connected to my my alien family than, um, you know, my, my Earth incarnation. Okay. So do you think this is... Uh, likely to continue than these presentations. Yes, yes, I, I think it's likely to to continue. Yes, yes, I, I do not feel that this is even remotely uh, the last. <laughs> yes, yes, I, um, mm. I, I think I personally feel that uh, I, I could definitely, um, you know, picture myself and 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 I also do manifest it. You know, uh, having a uh, well, what is that? Uh, you know, contact where they would one day land. You know, and I go and say, you know. Uh, you know, I'm not this old stuff like Who the hell are you? You know, having a chat. Uh, I heard the other day of this guy that spent 10 days, you know, on, on one of the uh, spacecraft. I thought to myself, gee, lucky bastard, you know. <laughs> no doubt. Um, you know, I, 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 I must tell you the story now. Um, I, I'm very alien orientated now. I, I'm uh, my first wife. Um, you know, I, w- I was married to my first wife and I always said to her, I said, listen, yeah. You must know something. I know it now. I said, when the aliens land, I'm going with. Do you understand me? <laughs> and I, said, I was serious. Yeah. You know, I was dead serious. And the other day, you know, we, we, we still friends, you know. Yeah. And, and, and she, she said to me, she said, you know what, Vic? She said, you know, when, when you were so serious about this, she said, you know how worried I was? You know, that I was just going to, leave, that you were just prepared to leave me, yeah. you know, and then just... I've heard plenty of, plenty of stories of that <laughs> happening. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. I think that. But mine, and, uh, mine would be the other way around. If the aliens came, they could take my missus. <laughs> yeah, they could take my wife. Yeah. 
Can't be a bad one, is it? <laughs> well, well that, that, that might be lucky as well, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I you know, I said in no uncertain terms, you know. Now, my, 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 my current wife, now she's quite happy with that. She's just got one thing. She said, I must come pick her up because if, she said, if, if I don't come pick her up and they bring me back, you know, she, 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 she's going to definitely, you know, make big trouble for me, you know, when I don't take her. <laughs> but, um... so, but yes, I've, I've always had an exceptionally, um, contact, you know, with, with extraterrestrials, you know, um, I've got no doubt. You know where they are, I, and I do understand this this dimensional thing. You know, like like for instance, I mean, um, you, you know, in my life, I, I get a lot of messages, strange messages. Like, uh, you know, I was one day, you know, watching the this whole financial system and stuff like that, and one day, you know, um, the thought came to me, and and I think this is something that the, that the first group of of, of extraterrestrials you know, enhanced, and 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 I got this thought, and it said, you know what? Uh, your planet is is run by by extraterrestrials, bad extraterrestrials, you know. And this suddenly made sense, and and, and I do believe it. I believe that they were here long before us, and you know we are manipulated with with the current you know political system and the financial system, and you know the uh, big pharma and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me just just makes sense, you know, that you've got the extraterrestrials, and then you've got these thirteen families, you know, the Rothschilds yeah. and your queen and stuff like that, and whatever the whole lot, you know, and then it branches out, and and you know, and then there's obviously people underneath him, and there's probably a few thousand people in charge of the the entire world. But right on top, uh, I do believe that there, that there's been a, a negative extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. um, you know, up there, you know, doing this whole thing, but. I do also believe that when we as a human race, you know, um, get our act together and we start loving each other and respecting each other and stuff like that, they, they, they won't have a foothold to stand on. Because I do believe that they do, uh, you know, feed on, on, on our fear. Yeah, they do. And, and well, our they, they, yeah. they, well, they need that fear. They need that kind of low frequency to survive. <laughs> Without that low frequency, they can't survive. They'll have to go. They'll have to uh, be uh, kicked out. Exactly. You know, and I mean, I, I'm a very, uh, um, you know, staunch follower, you know, of, uh, you know, the late. I mean, I only watch, you know, alternative news, you know, and, uh, you know, the, this uh, pedo gate stuff. And, and I mean, that's all positive things, you know, things are coming out, you know, and then the Vatican and, and, and so on and so on, you know. Um, I mean, that to me just makes all sense, you yeah. know. Um, yep. Yeah, I've, I've always said um, that the Vatican is a kingpin. Of the low astral realms or the evil, whatever you yep. want to say, it is the kingpin. Take down that. Good night, Vienna. Yep. Game over. Uh, game over. Yes. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. I think that and the uh, and the uh, financial system. I mean, that is just yep. hampering literally everybody. You know, I mean, uh, from from the filthy stinking rich because you know they've got too much money and they don't, and I mean they suffer from overdose and drugs like that because they they've got access to that and crappy aircraft, and they kill themselves in that, and fast cars, and then you get the people on, on the lower end, you know, the middle people and, and the lower end, and I mean, they're literally uh, dying of hunger, I mean, you know, because yeah. because of the whole money system, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've always said, that. Um, you know, you've been run by psychopaths, you know, the lunatics from the asylum, oh, you know. No, we are, yes, no, no, for sure, we are. Yeah. And, and you know, well, well, this is the whole contrast, you know, with this whole extraterrestrial thing, um, is that uh, and I mean uh, 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 Dolores Cannon, you know, I mean I've, I've yeah. listened to a lot of it. Huge fun. And, Huge and, fun. Uh, great. And I mean she says basically 
very little of your, your alien abductions and alien contact is negative. They're actually rather more positive. I think people, you know, maybe, uh, well, I think laying on a bed and, and having a needle stuck to your, your eye, you know, into your brain, I mean, uh, that, that, that's most definitely traumatic, you know. But basically, uh, I have found in my personal experience that the extraterrestrials are rather more benevolent, you know. They, they, they're rather more good guys. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've got to say, it's a fascinating story, George. And if um... Thank you. Hey, it's been a fascinating, George. Really, really, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything happens in the future, we'd we'd love to air it. Yeah, so. we'd love to get you back on because you, you sound, you know. As I say, when you're ready, just send me the link, and then I can listen to it, and I will rebroadcast it. Yeah, the people are very excited on our radio station as well. And a blessed evening for you. Okay. So great story. Great story. Yeah. Great, great chat. stuff there. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely get uh, George Victor on again. Yeah, so definitely. Um, like I say, great fellow. Oh yeah, good laugh. He's, he's the kind stuff. of guy like just going to a pub with yeah, a few beers, yeah, yeah. sit there, and you know, it, it, oh, yeah. Especially maybe, maybe one day. Especially down in South Africa, it seems uh, pretty yeah. warm out there at the moment. Well, he, so. he did say it was pretty hot out there. And he asked yeah. us what we, you know, we was at, we was at what about six degrees on it. So yeah, it yeah, yeah. Months, Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So that's that then. So the next story is a ghost story. Yeah, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Bell. And uh, Tyler runs a podcast of his own called West Side Fairy Tales, which is, which he's you know self narrates his own stories, yeah. um, you know fairy tales and that. Which you know, some good work gone into them t- tales. They're, they're pretty good. Uh, pretty he's good. A, he's, he's a good. He's a good uh, kind of. Uh talker as well yeah. isn't he? you know he's yeah. clear yeah, no, uh, you know he, that definitely comes across in his yeah. podcast for sure yeah. so if you like narrated podcasts he's yeah you know i would go Tyler's check that brilliant. out it's yeah. called west side fairy tales and i'll yeah. put a link in the description if you if you want to find yeah, it that it's also ex-marine so he don't give a shit anyway so it's, it's quite a decent one yeah which is good because you know yeah. he's telling ghost stories from yeah. from a marine's perspective which yeah. you don't you know don't generally hear do you yeah, so he didn't mess about the stories that he just no. told us it was so, so um it's brilliant We'll get into that then, should we play that? Yeah, okay, listen okay. to Tyler. I don't necessarily believe in, like, like ghost ghosts, like John is back from the dead, but yeah, I do yeah. definitely believe in, like, uh, the, uh, like the bad things kind of hang on shit, like a scum, yeah. you know, yeah. like it molds yeah. over, and that, that's very much the place. Um, I, I'll just jump in, so... Yeah, go. Yeah. Go. <laughs> 2000, 2006, we get deployed to Iraq. I was uh, in the infantry, uh, Segment Battalion, 8th Marine Golf Company. And um, I don't know where any of this stuff was in relation because I was a grunt and <laughs> I just did what I was told. Like, I was, you know, wake up, go places, go to sleep when they tell you to. Yeah. So um, eventually they're like, okay, uh, we're going to be going to a place. Uh, we're taking you guys off of this post that you're on out in Osak, Luia, where town no one's ever heard of. Uh, and that's where we lived. And they're like, okay, we're going to take you out of here and you're going to go do a special detail here for a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then like, right before we go, they're like, okay, you're going to Abu Ghraib prison. We're like, what from the fucking news? <laughs> Are you serious? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So we go there and, what it was when the army was there is that it's a fairly large open area. Like um, it, it's almost nothing in the square mile, except for I think there's either four or six cell blocks and then a few outbuildings. We didn't go into all of them because 
the Iraqi army lived in one of them, and then the officers lived in another one with, like, some of the army people that were still left, but there weren't many. And then uh, we lived out in the old guard quarters, which were four tiny buildings with, like, broken toilets <laughs> in the middle of, like, just this flat, sandy area. And where the army was, when they actually had tons of people there, you could still see, like, the marks on the ground, but that was mostly empty now. And then aside from that, it was just uh, silence. I don't know if you've ever been, like, in the desert and heard, like, desert-level silence, but it's very similar to, like, right after a bad snow day, where it's kind of almost like you have mufflers on over your ears. And so it was kind of always that, so... We're always talking and trying to do stuff because, like, it's eerie when you're not. And then there's also the pervasive kind of constant, like, hey, you might – somebody might climb up in the wall and just, you know, decide to start shooting in here at any given time. So, you know, kind of constant paranoia that comes with being in a war zone. But, uh, yeah, so we got there. We got kind of settled. And then after that, we didn't have anything to do except for once a day we would go out on patrols and patrol the, the wall in a truck and go to see – all of the posts that the Iraqis were on, and they we'd go up and talk to them, ham, pigeon, Arabic, and they would be like, okay, yes, sir, this is fine. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, so when we didn't do that, we had a lot of free time, and uh, they tried to keep us occupied. I mean, this place is big enough inside that we actually set up a shooting range inside the campus. Yeah. And... We would go around, and um, it's not like weird things started happening, but, like, we all got, like, really after each other's throats, and we're trying to do stuff. But uh, I think the first weird thing is definitely when everybody, they found uh, Saddam Hussein's torture chambers, which were in there. And they were in, like, it was, like, D-block or E-block. And it was a gross-looking two-story building and this is all everything here is shades of brown so it's like light brown sand slightly darker brown buildings and then this place was like a like a dingy dark brown and no one went to it and birds wouldn't land on the fucking thing and they didn't let me go in because i was on post so like they just snuck off so it's basically what they called it scooby-doo ops and it was just other higher ranking guys from my team uh, that had been in like a year or two longer than me to just leave in the middle of the day and go sneak around and look at the shit. And uh, they're like, yeah, that place is fucking no good. And we're like, okay, yeah, fine. And we were joking about that shit. Like, yeah, this place is probably fucking haunted. And then like stuff only got like a little weirder and weirder after that. So um, we went to uh, one of the cell blocks, right? And they're okay, we're going to do a a room clearing exercise on this entire giant building. Cause you'll never have an opportunity like this. So we take all of our magazines out of our guns and our, we're completely, uh, not unarmed, but our guns don't have any bullets in them. And our magazines are like secured so that no one loads one. And we're going to pretend basically that this place is full of enemies, run around and clear it out. Okay. So, you know, there's a bunch of us in here and somebody starts throwing smoke as grenades, um, which is part of the plan, but the building is small and kind of claustrophobic and the smoke fills everything up to the point where you can barely see. And it's actually almost giving you like a, a little bit of trouble breathing just because the particulates are so thick. And 
me and my buddy, Kuchenmeister, who I don't call Kuch for the rest of this because his name's too long. That's what we called him when we were in. And uh, we're we're on one part, and it's like, okay, everybody, we're, we're clearing up, and you can barely see anybody. So it's, you know, it's shadows, like six or f- seven feet away from you, and then you kind of just fade back into the fog. And there's someone down the hall from us, and we're like, hey, man, you're, you're, you're past the, the exercise point. Come on, let's go. We're, we're, we're clearing in because they're giving us the, the circle up sign. It's like, hey, everybody, get, get in here. And uh, the guy wouldn't respond. And we're like, dude, stop being a fucking dick. And we were saying it was, I think, Nelson that was with us. And we're like, dude, come on, let's go. And he just didn't. And we couldn't see him. And it was, like, really dark. And then we moved back. And like, hey, do you guys, like, we, is Nelson here? And Nelson was, like, already there. He's like, dude, dumbass. He's like, I've been here. Like, what do you, what took you guys so long? We're, we're fucking waiting for you. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like, dude, I've been here the whole time. And our squad was completely up. We were the last two. And we're like, dude, there's somebody still in there. And they're like, no, there's not. And then we went in and tried to find whoever was still in there because we figured maybe it was like one of the Iraqis like got lost or something, but none of them were off post. Everybody was good, but there was somebody still in that damn building like moving around. And I guess to speak more to the atmosphere of this place, uh, all these buildings are huge and empty and no glass or anything so wind is constantly blowing through them except for of course this one and it's making like these you know sounds in the in the walls and randomly these giant probably 250 pound steel doors that they had you know the old bar like prison doors would slam shut at random intervals during the day and you could hear them even when you're outside of the building. Even if you're like a quarter mile away on the other side of the base, you just hear, ka-chow, ka-chow, like one of them slamming shut. And this is constant the entire time we're here. Even when we're on this op, running around inside this thing, you just hear, boosh, 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 and then like nothing for like 15 minutes. And, and, wind, and so, uh, wind ain't going to do that, is it? No. No. It, it can't. There's nothing for its catch. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the weirdest ones. And uh, there was another one. Uh, we were walking through one of the cell blocks, probably northeast of the one of where we lived. And uh, it's a very large, open building. And then when you get into the where the officers and stuff hung out, and like the, the, the I guess maybe it's like a mess area or where they prayed. Um, those are kind of big, but then once you get into the, the cell blocks, they're like, I think two or three stories and, um, fairly small cells. I mean, they're the size of, I don't know if you've ever been into like a, a, an apartment that has like a nice walk-in closet and you're like, that's surprisingly big for a closet. That's as big as the biggest cell is. And they have like racks in them. And then like, uh, what do you call it? A cabinet, not like a like a full size storage thing, but like little tiny metal cabinets. And I don't know if those were put in afterwards or whatever. But they say like during the time, those uh, when it was in use for Saddam, those would be seven deep people, seven deep in there. And I mean, they're covered in graffiti, like just clawed into the wall. There's stuff on the walls that's you're like, okay, that's definitely from like maybe like a tar pencil or something. Don't know what that is. I hope that's not like dried shit or blood. <laughs> just, you know, stuff smeared on it. 
And it's not like it's like, you know, some Bloom House horror story, like nightmare shit. It's just like a little bit here and there. You're like, ah, this is gross. And, you know, we'd mess around with each other like, hey, man, I'm going to lock you in the cell. I think somebody might have gotten locked in one of the cells, which I'm glad it wasn't me. But uh, we're walking down one of these, doing another, uh, like, patrol thing, kind of looking around. And these cell blocks are seriously, like, two, three hundred meters long. Like, fairly long, skinny hallway. And for whatever reason, we're walking through here, and there is a bouncy ball the size of my fist. Like, well, maybe half the size of my fist. But you know what I'm talking about? One of those those rocket balls you can throw, and it'll bounce off. It's on the ground. And we're like, what in the fuck is this doing here? And uh, Mercado, who's with me, um, you don't really need to know his name, but yeah. Mercado kicks this thing down the hall, right? And as soon as he kicks it, we were watching it go up. Literally, like, there's nowhere else to look. It's just three of us walking down this hallway. He kicks it up the hallway, it vanishes, and then rolls back up from behind us in a second. And we're like, dude, did that just bounce up from there? And he's like, no. Like, did you see that? Yeah. And then, hand to God, three full-grown Marines wearing flak jackets, helmets, fully loaded down with M16A4 assault rifles, sprinted out of that motherfucker. (laughs) So goddamn fast, dude. We came up on some of the other guys and were like, what happened? We're like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just ran away from a bouncy ball. So you actually saw it vanish? It, like, rolled into, like, the distance. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, you kind of can't see it anymore. Into the dark and then just reappeared behind you like E.T. shit. Yeah. And, like, it didn't bounce off anything. It would have had to come right down past us. What in the fuck just happened? Very strange. I don't know. (laughs) Did you ever see that ball again? No, we didn't go back to that area again. (laughs) We fucking avoided that shit like the plague. And still, the whole time, all of this is happening. Just a constant, just the sound of the wind just howling through these places. And doors. (laughs) Even while that's happening, like... It never stopped. It's almost like hard to tell a story about it because you don't get the full effect of just. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, how, yeah. how creepy it is. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yeah, when we finally got out of there, it was like everybody was very, very, very happy about it. And <laughs> what, was this the, was, what was the lighting situation in, in this building? Uh, natural light only. Okay, yeah. So uh, when we went out at night, basically, if you had to do anything, even if you had to use the head, uh, you had a, we basically we had a surefire. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a no. a light that attaches to your rifle, which is fairly bright, okay. but you can take it off. And uh, we'd walk around with those, and walking around in those prisons with those things is like not ideal. Like there's a reason you have those big spreads on normal flashlights, so you can see. And these are like almost like horror movie style. You can only see exactly what you're pointing at. Yeah, more like a laser than a yeah yeah. Basically, it's more designed to illuminate whatever you're shooting at yeah, yeah. and blind them than it is to actually, like, light up a big area. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> where was the most, uh, in your uh, experience then, Tyler, where's the most oppressive, in, you know, the atmosphere, what you felt, what was the most oppressive, the most oppressive area in that place? Oh, by far, it was, uh, 
the D block area, or I can't remember exactly what we called it, but it was where the, the executions stuff and the, the torture chambers yep. were. And, you know, no one was allowed to go over there. It was actually like, we were prohibited from going over there. We also like, weren't allowed to like use cameras or anything. You're kind of generally not supposed to do that when you're in Iraq, mm. but like, we actually had one of our staff sergeants came by and confiscated every single camera that he found and like, you know, the chips and stuff and deleted stuff. So I don't, I, I took some pictures while I was there and I got in trouble for it when he found my camera. But, uh, yeah, no, that place was, we're not allowed to go there. And like, you could see it, like it just had its own like vibe yeah. and like there's birds everywhere in Iraq. You might not expect it, but there's these tiny little, finch things and like there's ravens sometimes like like rooks or whatever mm-hmm. and none of them would go near this place they wouldn't land anywhere near it everywhere else on the base they were fine but they wouldn't go near that motherfucker <laughs> what was the reason given as to why you couldn't go over there i think because of what it was um the iraqis obviously were on the base still too and uh like i said this place has a a history and you know cultural relationship with the populace so you know it's almost like turning a blind eye kind of thing yeah and and the marines is always like redundancy as far as you know keeping people safe so it's like all right the army already fucked up here the last thing we need to do is have some jackass lance corporal go in and try to pull off a hunk of i don't know uday hussein's (laughs) pneumatic guillotine thing just gonna open this beer. Yeah. It's got a widget in it. It's, it's got, got a widget table. in it. Not fine. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> I don't know if you have them in the States, do you? What is that? A widget. I've heard the term widget before uh, for you, computers. You, you get it in, in draft beer, uh, draft ales. You, it just stops it being too fizzy. It's like a little ball. It's just basically a ball, isn't it? Yeah. Just stop oh, it. yeah, like in a Guinness. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, Guinness. Yeah. But, um, okay, so that's done. I didn't want that to be, you know, I I've been waiting for you to pause. I didn't want to, you know, spoil the moment. But, um, oh, no. so everybody that was stationed there, do, do you get the feeling that everybody that was stationed, I know because some guys don't like talking about this kind of stuff, especially if it creeps them out and all the rest of it, but did you get the feeling that everybody that was stationed there felt the same way? Everybody thought Abu G was weird as shit at least yeah <laughs> if, if not like haunted my I'm, i kind of only talked to my like team obviously because we were always rolling around together but uh yeah everyone's like this place is fucking weird <laughs> like no one was no one was not happy to leave when we finally left there to go back to sitting on a bridge that got mortared and stuff all the time they're like all right i'm done with abu Ghraib. take me back to the fucking firefights <laughs> So, so did anything else happen there then? No, just a it's a strange, strange place. Holes in walls make no sense. Like a big three foot diameter hole through a one and a half foot thick concrete prison wall. And like, why is this here? It's constant weirdness. Yeah. But uh other than that, no, just the stuff we heard about. Like, the Iraqi national football team used to play there. And I don't know if you know about them, but uh, they have kind of a spurious legacy. Um, do you know who Uday Hussein is? The son? Yeah. Yeah. Psycho. 
well-known nut job. Uh, he oversaw them because he's a huge soccer fan. And uh, obviously every time they played outside of Iraq, people would try to run for it. And um, when they lost, he would get butthurt about it and break people's arms and legs and throw them into a drowning pool that was apparently at Abu G. I think that was in the D-block area. But they practiced there too. Their practice fields were uh, inside of the prison. Which I would not want to play for that team, out. would you? <laughs> Imagine the need to win. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be giving bribes, wouldn't you? Just yeah. let us win for fuck's sake. Yeah. Or well, like the goalkeeper. Goals. <laughs> you know. I bet it's a different goalkeeper every, every time, game. Yeah, like the like yeah. spinal tap drummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I literally exploded Absolutely, too. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> but uh, so, as for the place itself, then, because obviously you wear stories coming out of uh, Iraq itself. I mean, was there anything else that you heard about from your forces out there? Um. Like, our people? Mm. Not too much. Um, I don't know. Even some of the people that we took over for were like, yeah, this place is no good. Like, you know, hearing stuff in the middle of the night, and, like seeing people like walking around, you know, yeah. shapes and stuff. And we probably saw some stuff like that, too. And we just thought it was, you know, people. You never know. It's just already a weird enough situation being in a war zone and having people kind of being in the free-for-all that that is that – it's hard to get context to say, like, oh, this is actually that sort of weirdness. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, fair enough, yeah. 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 Just the, the Iraqis. You know. So I had a mate that was out in yeah. uh, Afghanistan, and he, he came back with stories of, um, you know, the big the Bigfoots that they'd seen out there, the Americans had seen up on the hills. Uh, there was one night where he... <clears throat> um, should I tell this story? Let's yeah. tell the story. Uh, there was one night where they were travelling uh, somewhere in Afghanistan, uh, and they h- held up on the night just in this basically a desert and it was uh, flanked by some mountain range and there'd been rumours that there'd been snipers on these particular mountains okay so this, they circled the wagons as you do and they uh, and there was you know there was, uh, he was a truck driver at the time and and they were sleeping in the back in the middle of the night he wakes up and he can hear this chanting you know like uh, you know the usual sort of chant you know like the yeah and uh, he's thinking, what the fuck is that? And he said at first he thought he was dreaming, you know, because of the situation and the paranoia, like say, and all the rest of it. Uh, and then he sort of woke up a bit more, a bit more, and eventually he was wide awake, and he could still hear this chanting going on. Then he jumps out of the wagon, comes back round the side, looks in the back, and the, his mate's sleeping bag's there, and his, his mate's not there. He was sleeping in the back of the wagon. And then he can still hear this chanting going on. So he follow, follows, he picks up his rifle and goes out, follows this chanting. And eventually he comes to his mate sitting on the ground, cross-legged. And he walks in front of him and he says, what are you doing, you silly bastard? You know what I mean? And he's just sitting there. you And um, he walks in front of him and his eyes were shut. And he's, sitting, he's stood looking at him and he's talking to him. And, he, and the guy's just completely oblivious that he's there. And he said the weird thing was, well, I mean, that was weird anyway. But he said the, the weirder thing was that this guy was just stacking rocks. Uh, in, a, in a pyramid in front of him just little pebbles you know like a you know like a bigger a big pebble yeah. then a smaller pebble in, in in a pyramid shape and then then dismantling it and then doing it again just sitting there cross-legged doing that with his eyes closed mm. and, and chanting and um anyway you're not supposed to wake people are you if they're sleepwalking uh but he did you know what i mean because of the situation and where there was he, he woke him up because obviously 
there was off the path as well. So you've got IEDs and all the rest of it. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so he's just wandered in this, in this, you know, rock field basically. Yeah. So he gets him, wakes him up and he said, what the fuck am I doing out here? And he said, I don't know. I was hoping you was going to tell me. Anyway, he drags him back to the truck and he said, they sat in the, the cab and was talking about what just happened. The lights were off. Um, for obvious reasons and at that point they saw like flickering lights on the hillside uh, and this this hill was about I don't know about ha- probably a half mile away from the um, the road like but they could see these flickering lights and straight away he's a bit worried you know what I mean because they had the rumours that there was meant to be people surgeons you know, hid up in these hills anyway <clears throat> they see these flickering lights and nothing happened uh, next morning he tells the guy in command uh, and they log it in a book uh, when they get back to wherever they was going this this base they, they logged it in this book and he flipped through this book and he'd seen there'd been five or six reports of exactly the same thing taking place in exactly the same area up mm. on this hillside and they'd sent people up they'd sent helicopters up and all sorts of stuff up on this hillside and they haven't found nobody Nothing. up there but just these <laughs> weird blue flickering lights there you go weird shit um, you know yeah Shit gets weird at night on post. Uh, and it's like one of those things you don't know if you're tripping out or if like it, maybe it's something. My, uh, my buddy Ledford, I'll give you guys another one if you don't mind. Uh, this isn't Abu game, but, uh, he was in a bad area where they were, they, they lost a few guys and they were in fu- constant firefights basically the entire time that we were, uh, deployed. And he, was on post one night on a truck. So basically they had a, a temporary setup and we used on a, a seven ton truck, which is like a semi truck sort of, that's got a fixed back. You've probably seen yeah. the large green ones. And uh, this one had a turret top. So basically where the driver is, there's a hole in the top and they had a turret on there, which is not super common for seven tons. And uh, he was on there with a the machine gun and it was like, probably two or three in the morning, he said, and he is not the kind of guy to like even deal with this shit. You know, he's like, I'm not into paranormal stuff. And, uh, he's like, dude, I was sitting there and like 15, 20 yards from me, like I see a black ball on the ground and it starts getting bigger and all the shadows start coming up to it. And he said it built up like a, like a wax candle melting in reverse. And it was a very large thing and it got bigger and bigger. And so it was almost the size of the truck. And then it started shifting toward him in the night. He's like, I couldn't see through it. He's like, I was awake. I was like pinching myself and slapping myself. And this thing is just moving straight toward me. He's like, I thought I was asleep or I was losing my mind. And then I eventually I just flipped on all the lights because he had like a, a big, big light on the, the gun and the thing like, poofed away around where the light was and went away. And he's like, dude, I thought I was going to die, and I have no idea why. He's like, I th- it couldn't have been real. It couldn't have been real. But he's like, I was fucking terrified. Yeah. So who knows, Adam, if it's war zone. Yeah. I bet everybody's got a million stories like that, but you don't know whether or not to attribute it to something like paranormal stuff or just being crazy paranoid because yeah, of yeah, yeah. where you are. Yeah, it's fair enough. But, uh, it just, you know, Especially in the situation and all the rest of it, and, and the, the guys that we're talking about, I wonder how much of this stuff is ever expressed. You know, I think a lot of people take this stuff to the grave of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, and they've been thinking the loonies or something. Yeah, yeah. You 
Well, there's yeah, that. There's always that element of ridicule, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, of course there's. Yeah. But, um, Especially in the Marines, you know, everybody's yeah. <laughs> going once I'm in anything. But, um, well, we should say thank you very much for your service. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Tyler. It's been oh, you know, fantastic. Thanks for your support. You know, it, you know, it's guys like you that keep us safe. So. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And do you want to tell people about your podcast uh, while you're here? Yeah, sure, if you don't mind. Um, West Side Fairy Tales podcast. I, I read and write stories. I write stories <laughs> and I read them. Uh, it's the first Friday of every month, and they're about 30 to 45 minutes long. You can find them out more at Westside iTunes, bitly.com slash Westside iTunes, or just westsidefairytales.com. Yeah, fair enough. I found it. If you like you know, narrated stories, it's a podcast for you, because like I say, great narration, great voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Great stories. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> yep, thanks, Tyler. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, thanks so uh, much, guys. Today. Okay, okay, so uh, see so, what you know. Just you know, all what, what, whatever you heard on the show today, you know, just let us know. Email us or you know on the hangout or you know, just yep. let us know what you thought. So you it's uh, email is dbto podcast at gmail dot com. Obviously, you can visit the website, and that's just uh, don't break the oath podcast dot com, or you can find us on Facebook. Just type don't break the oath podcast. Yeah, paranormal hangout, uh, and you you find us easy. You can either direct message me uh, or Andy. Yep. No, it's not a problem. If you've got a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Yep, and um, please, 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 please keep sending the reviews. Please, they're yeah, really definitely. very important to us. But um, yeah, I think that 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 story from Randy about the ball, you know that that would be that would be really creepy, wouldn't it? What's that? Oh, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like you know, some, that was, that, what was that film uh, with uh, Jack Nicholson? What was that one? Lee? Was yeah. that a strange house one? It went in going nuts. What, there's, the, a, there's a little ball there. Just kept oh, the shining. Loved that shining. Yeah. Was there's kind of a football there. He kept coming. You know, someone kicked it, and then he it, it kept coming back. Yeah, and yeah. Down the stairs and that. Something like that, wasn't it? But, but of course, Tyler was like, "See, this is you know. I mean, you got four or five Marines. You know, and you know to run out of a building. Mm. You know, it must have spooked him really absolutely, bad. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the place itself would have creeped me out anyway. You know. I, I, I would. Not have, to mention being in a war zone as yeah, well. Yeah. Obviously, Tyler said that they couldn't go in one part, obviously, because it's the yeah, really yeah. bad shit one in there. Uh, but it would have been kind of cool to say, you know, I looked in it and this was in it, but obviously he only speculated what was in that building. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think psychics would want to go in that building. No, no I, I don't think I would have gone in either. I, I wouldn't have gone in there. You know. but, um, I, I even said birds wouldn't even land on that part. Mm. You know, thousands of birds yeah, that's when, nesting everywhere, but that place they yeah, keep away from. That's when you mean, know. That tells you something, doesn't it? No, yeah, no, it's bad shit. Yeah, no, bad no, shit, yeah. definitely, yeah. But, um, right, so that's it for this week then. Yeah. Uh, next week's going to be slightly different, but we'll, we won't give too much away here. Nope. To wait and um, find out. Indeed, it, you'll either love it or hate it. I think. I think well, it's strange, whatever, whichever yeah. way you square it. So, yeah. uh, until next week, have a great week. Yeah, have a great week. And uh, like, say reviews if you can. Yep. If not, just come and say hello on Facebook. Yep, we'd come love to chat to us. Chat with, chat with anybody. So, thank you very much. So, okay. uh, see you next week. Bye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. With the 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.